artists and labels put out limited edition exclusive vinyl to the participating stores just for that day. We had people lined up at 2 a.m., starting at 2 a.m. That's crazy. And we opened at 9.30, and we didn't finish our line until, like, noon. Wow. There's a line wrapped around, like, Mellow Mushroom. Welcome to Drop the Disc. Thank you so much for joining us for this Memorial Day podcast with Evan Gransky from Gransky Records. We talk about his lifelong connection to music, starting with his time playing and recording in bands. I, I liked it. Looking back on it, I thought we had some pretty cool songs. How, for him, the record business started as a hobby. I would sell and it would kind of fund the next batch of records that I would buy. And his plan to take Gransky's to the next level. It's something we've been getting asked for a ton. Thank you for joining us for the Drop the Disc podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we ask you to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen. And if you have somebody that should come on the show, reach out to us on social media or email us at dropthediscpod at gmail.com. This episode is presented by Nancy Powell and Powell and Associates. I've talked about Nancy's podcast, The Broker Bites, B-Y-T-E-S, and how she's using that as a tool to educate Augustans about the real estate market in this area, as well as some things about small businesses that are going on. But Nancy is also up for the third consecutive year for Augusta Real Estate Agent of the Year. Her brokerage has won Brokerage of the Year twice in a row. She's a fantastic person to know and a fantastic person to work with in Augusta. If you're interested in real estate, maybe you have some questions, no matter where you're going, if you're buying, selling, investing, look up Nancy Powell at Powell & Associates at powellpropertypros.com. It's just another day on the road to be great. Got a list full of goals and so much on my plate. Another episode of my life to the date, yeah. And I'ma do it all with a smile on my face. In the land of the free, yeah, the home of the brave. The only way you grow is if you learn from mistakes. And never stop the hustle, gotta keep up the pace. I ain't got time to waste, I got moves I'ma make, yeah. It doesn't matter what the topic is. We gon' talk about it on Drop the Disc. We can dive in on city politics. Or I can brag about my accomplishments If you hating on the city, it is not a fin Problem is that you're probably lacking common sense Augusta got so much talent that'll make it big And you gon' see in here first, don't drop the disc Ay. Learn a lot about the 706 About to chop it up with David and Chris A lot of interviews you would hate to miss AUG in the mix, just drop the disc uh. Learn a lot about the 706 to chop it up with David and Chris A lot of interviews you would hate to miss AG in the mix, just drop the disc Just drop the disc And next time you're adding to your playlist Check out C-Lark, C.L-A-R-K Wherever your music is Hey guys, I'm Chris Hey guys, I'm David We are Drop the Disc Podcast We're here dropping that disc that this city gets not as much anymore, which is great. Yeah. I, I, maybe yeah. it's because of us. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really because we're bringing in really cool people that are doing really cool things in the city. And speaking of that, we are here today with uh, Evan Gransky. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad you're here. Thanks. So, Evan, tell us real quick before we jump in, um, what is it that you do in Augusta? Uh, I own a record store on Broad Street called Gransky Records. Um, 
that's that's about it. It probably moment. takes a lot of time, I would guess. It does. I also have a four-year-old, and uh, yeah, I play music some when I get a chance. Hopefully, get to <laughs> again soon. I In play, all that free time? Yeah, I play drums. Um, I do photography as well. Again, uh, haven't been able to in a long time mm -hmm. because the business takes all my time. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, we're going to talk a lot about your business, especially how it's moved downtown and and it's a pretty awesome location, um, but that's not what we're going to start with. So we're going to start with is talking about you. Okay. And our patented first question is, <laughs> is uh, are you from Augusta? I am. Yep. Born uh, here in Augusta in 1990. Okay. What what area? Where where do you go to high school? Let's let's make it let's let's get relatable. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in Grovetown when I was little. Went to uh, yeah. Grovetown Elementary. Moved to Martinez and went to uh, Westmont and then Kay. Columbia Middle and went to high school at Evans. Okay, gotcha. And when did you graduate? Uh, 2009. So when you graduated in 2009, um, was music a big thing for you at that point? You mentioned you play, you've played music as well as have this record store. Was your background really music heavy? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I played in a band since ninth grade all the way through. Um, no way. Yeah, someone came up to me. We went to middle school together. His name was Taylor Beatty. He walked up to me and said, hey, I, I heard you play drums. I'm like, well, I literally just got a drum set, you know, for, <laughs> for Christmas the previous year. Word travels fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you want to play some music? So we got together and played. And uh, Taylor and I played together for, let's see, when was that? 2004 or five to... Gosh, a long time. Uh, I don't even, 2014 maybe? Wow. Yeah. No kidding. That <laughs> yeah. is a long time. Yeah. So, and we we were in three different bands together. I think that's right. Yeah, three different bands together. So you're in school. Music was a big part of your life. Did you just ask for the drum set out of nowhere and get one? Did you have some like... You know, some I you know, some ideology going on. And was this hair always this long? <laughs> <laughs> uh no. My hair has been long since probably middle school. Well <laughs> dang. High school high school it started getting longer. Uh anyway, the drums I wanted to play drums when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I've I think I first heard Metallica. I'm trying to think of who else. Maybe Metallica and a few other bands on my brother's Walkman. He had a he had a cassette. <laughs> player he was mowing the lawn and I asked to hear what he was listening to and it was either Metallica or Rage Against the Machine or something like that. Let's pause for the Gen Z listeners to <laughs> catch up on what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not even a, uh, a Metallica fan anymore really. I just really? whatever he was listening to was was pretty was pretty cool. So okay. I wanted to play drums and then it shifted probably in eighth grade I wanted to play guitar. Um, I remember just walking into a music store down there on A Street. It was rock bottom music. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I saw a guitar that I really wanted and I thought it was really cool. Well, that Christmas came along and there was a drum set. Like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, well. You know, <laughs> I didn't, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. That's so. a cool throwback. I got my first guitar at rock bottom. Really? Yeah. It was really cheap, but it was awesome. It was, <laughs> it was, that was a really cool place. Yeah. Back in the day, man. Yep. On A Street. It was right there on the corner. It was their first little place, as far as I know. Yeah. We would have been a block away from Yeah. That'd been great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think my dad bought the drum set at Jay's music. It was used. Okay. I, I played that for, I don't even know, uh, years. I only just got my new drum set a few years ago. Okay. So you've always kind of liked music and it seems like you kind of leaned towards that classic rock genre, at least at first. Well, 
I don't know. Actually, <laughs> classic rock, I, I didn't really start to get into until I started buying records. Okay. Um, so my brother introduced me into metal. Okay. And Metallica was really only like the beginning um, of that. But I really, I would listen to stuff like Green Day and The White Stripes. And I'm trying to think of who else. Okay. Earlier on, Incubus was a big one. Um, yeah. So were you a big attender of, man, what was that place called downtown where they had the 18 and up concerts? Sector. Sector 7G. It wasn't 18 yeah. and up. It was it was just an all ages. Or all ages. All ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All ages. Did, yep. Were you a big attender of there? I know they used to have a lot of, uh, especially metal shows. Yeah, our first show, uh, my first show as a band, you know, we played there. That's awesome. Um, I originally started going to shows at the Hangnail Gallery, which is over on 8th Street. Okay. Um. And I was really young. My cousin played in a band as well called Estrella. And that was kind of one of the reasons why I was able to go to shows at a young age. So my mom felt, you know, it was safer to have not only my cousin, but also my brother mm-hmm. um, down there with me, usually. <laughs> <laughs> so That's really cool, though. So you have a pretty deep connection to music in Augusta. Oh, yeah. Now, you mentioned records a minute ago. Was that, did that come first or, you know, did you kind of think that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? You know, how, how did, you know, chicken or the egg, how did that start? So I was a collector. Uh, My parents were collectors as well. Um, I started buying CDs. My first CD was in third grade. I bought the Backstreet Boys Millennium album. Shout out. that decision. (laughs) That was my first one. That's by? Uh, Walmart. Very nice. <laughs> and then my second CD was Incubus Fungus Among Us. So uh, very, very different. Di- very different. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. So I started with CDs, and then I started buying records at Hot Topic in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Green Day and White Stripes, like I mentioned, right. were some of the first forty uh, fives that I bought seven inch records. Mm-hmm. And it was really weird because Hot Topic would carry records when it was really unpopular, and then once it became popular, they decided to do away with them. I remember mm. that. It yeah. was very weird. Uh, I worked there for like three or four months, and the guy that interviewed me, uh, he said, yeah, we're going to be focusing on music more. And, you know, he wasn't, he's not a CEO or anything, so he, he didn't <laughs> call the shots, but I guess someone had told him that, and it really did the opposite. Um, so... That was a terrible job. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> so you graduated high school in 2009. Yes. Back what, on track. Yeah. Right. What What was the next step for your life after graduating at Evans High School? Um, well, I started serving at Miyabi Kyoto while, while I was still in high school, um, mainly because I wanted to be able to fund projects for the bands. Okay. Um, Taylor, who, whom I mentioned, mm-hmm. he was working there. Uh, my brother had worked there, Brandon. He had already worked there. Um, Taylor's brother had worked there. So we just, I don't know. Kind of a dynasty going on. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, let me apply. I got the job. I was 16. I had just turned 16. And I, I wanted to make money to put it into the band, like I said. And mm-hmm. uh, so I did that, actually, um, after high school as well. I had no intentions to go to college. Um, in fact, I went to high school for five years. So I I would have graduated in 2008. But I had a, I was behind a little bit. So I continued and graduated. Um, yeah, I wanted to go to SCAD, maybe an art school, mm-hmm. but it just didn't really make sense. Mm. Uh, I didn't have any scholarships or anything like that. And I really didn't want to pay for 
you know, how much that is. You know, it's, a was, lot. it's not cheap. No, I was already doing photography and, and making a little bit of money on, on that. And I knew that, you know, college would have been okay to help me get, um, you know, people, you know, you, you meet people, right? Yeah. The so networking, like, networking, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The opportunity to, for, to use their equipment and networking, but I didn't think it was worth it. So I continued to serve and play music all throughout. What play, what was bands. the band that you were playing with at the time is after high school and uh, serving at the same time? What was that band called? Agnes. Agnes. Mm-hmm. So we started in probably, I want to say 2006 and went until, oh man, 2010 maybe was when we called it quotes. Okay. What kind of music was that? It was metalcore. Metalcore. Can mm-hmm. you just explain that to me a little bit, what metalcore is? It was really popular at the time. Uh, poppy, poppy. Like Asking Alexandria kind I, of a thing? or I never really listened to them, so I can't. Okay. Eight, maybe somewhat. More like a day to remember. Got okay. it. Got yeah. it. Kind of like this, got it. you know, it's not really hardcore. It's not really metal. It's definitely got a very, it's, it's heavy, but it's very poppy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. We were young. It was Very popular cool. at the time. That's what, <laughs> what we liked. Yeah. I, at those shows were always fun, though. I can't imagine. I'm I'm sure you all had a blast every time you performed. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was a few really cool experiences um, playing locally, even, uh, in that band. We got to play with the Data Remember one time. Wow. And there was That is so sweet. That, that, Where was that? On. You can't yeah. just gloss over that. <laughs> we played with them a couple times, but there's one instance they played at... God, what was it called? Was it Club Hollywood? I think it was Club Hollywood at the time. It was a couple of different things, um, but it was over there on Ellis Street, right behind Nacho Mama's. Okay. Um, anyway, they had their EP, no, not EP, CD release show, I think for, oh gosh, I can't think of what it was called. Maybe their third album. <laughs> it was a really big deal. And I think they chose Augusta as their main CD release show. And there's got to, had to have been like 500 kids there. Um. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It was funny. A little side story. Yeah. During that show, there was like a weird re-entry thing. So it was either no re-entry or they were charging a lot of money to re-enter. So if you wanted to go outside and get a fresh, you know, breath of fresh air, whatever, uh, you had to pay money to get in, get back in. (laughs) And it was like steep to five or six (laughs) dollars to get back in. And they only allowed it a couple times. It's kind of a common thing at clubs where it's no re-entry. Mm-hmm. But in Augusta, that's just a weird thing to do. Yeah, it certainly. Um, not only that, but they were charging like four dollars for a bottle of water, and <laughs> it, it was it was overpacked, like well over you know the limit of people that should have been in there. Kids were like you know getting dehydrated and passing out, and as a band, we were able to enter freely, you know, leave and enter freely. So we went down to the gas station and bought cases of water and sold them for a dollar a piece at our merch table. And we, we made hundreds of dollars <laughs> Holy off, crap. off of just selling water. So you were also an entrepreneur at the time. Yeah. So I also, so going back a little bit in high school, we would sell candy. You know how people yeah, would do yeah, fundraisers, yeah. fundraisers for candy, yep. and yeah. whatever. People at ARC, when I went there, used to make a lot of money selling candy. So that's what we did. We sold candy in high school and we would put it towards the band. Wow. All of it. We put it in like a big five gallon jug and save up for a recording yep. or whatever we needed to do merchandise, whatever we would, we would put it back in. That's so crazy. I really did learn a lot of, of, you know, managing and right. entrepreneurship 
in the band. Stick around. There's way more music, records, and business to talk about with Evan Gransky on the Drop the Disc podcast. Since 2017, Savannah River Brewery has been creating only the finest ales and lagers handcrafted right here in Augusta, Georgia. This brewery is open Monday through Sunday, creating good beer for everyone and everyone for beer. So what that means is they're creating beer for everybody's taste. This is something that y'all need to check out. I've been proud to talk about this every week. They're located on 813 5th Street in Augusta, Georgia. If you're interested in more information on what kind of beers they have on tap in their tap room, you can visit www.savannahriverbrew.com. That's www.savannahriverbrew.com. And if you're interested in hosting an event and using their facility, which I completely recommend as we used it for Augusta Rocks now two years in a row, you can contact them at 706 426-8212 and ask for Jim Christian. That's 706-426-8212. So you're working at where again? Miabis. Miabis and you're performing bands or with date 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 to remember. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, crazy. You're, you're performing at that level. Uh what was the next step for you? Uh so I graduated high school and we we went right on tour. Um, I was going to say, you went on tour, you went national, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It sounds like it. This is a cool story. Um, no, we were really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my dad was really cool. He co-signed for a van for me. Wow. And it was it was like maybe, it was under $2,000, a 15-passenger van. Wow. From some, <laughs> some church on um, Bel Air Road. So we, we bought this van and we went on tour immediately, had troubles with it the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we stayed in Pittsburgh for a couple of days and it sat on a hill. It's Pittsburgh is a really hilly city. Yeah. And it sat there for like two days and it really didn't like that. You know, it was already, it was a 1993 and this was 2009. So <laughs> it had already had 180,000 miles on it or something. It was just beat. It was already beat up. Yeah. Anyway, we get stranded a little bit. We get it fixed, and we head we head north towards Connecticut, and we didn't think we were gonna make it, but we we ended up going. Got to Connecticut, played this really really cool show. There's over three hundred kids there. It's like a big kind of day festival. Um, so that was really neat. We went through New York, played in Long Island at some bar. We were all underage. <laughs> and I won't get it too far into that. It's but. okay to say that now, though, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> So we play there and then we make it back down and we broke down to Maryland and <laughs> knowing more about the van now, cause I, I only just got rid of it like a year ago. Um, <laughs> we probably could have made it if we just, it had this weird thing where the gas, it didn't like to have power. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I still don't know exactly, but like when if, you punch it, it would turn off. It doesn't turn off, but it would just, it wouldn't do anything really. You would, you would be lucky to get out of first gear. So and it many, wasn't a transmission thing. How many people were in your band at this time? Uh, I think six. Okay. So and y'all y'all went across the country. I mean, we you went, really did do a partly national tour, it e- sounds like. East Coast. Yeah. I mean, it was only maybe 10 days, but, you know, we probably had to drop one or two because of our van issues. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we made it work. Like, the Long Island show was not planned. 
And I think we had a show that fell through that we couldn't make on time. And Mm -hmm. we had some friends in New York that had us uh, jump on the show. So we ended up breaking down to Maryland and we left our van there for like six months. And I can't believe the shop. I don't remember what it's called, but I can't believe they let us keep it there without, you know, pawning it off, basically selling it. Um, But when we went to go record in North Carolina, we drove up to Maryland and picked it up. Wow. So it's, yeah, that van is legendary. So your, your band recorded music. Yeah. So this is all coming, somehow coming back and to this, Grand Yeah, Spies. this is this not is really, an Augusta Rocks episode. No, this is not. This is a really cool story that we've uh, happened upon. Yeah. yeah. So y'all recorded music. Is that something people can find if they went and looked for it? Mm. <laughs> not if I can help it. <laughs> Uh, there's CDs. Yeah, there's a couple CDs. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think streaming wise. I doubt it. There might be something on YouTube. I'm not sure. Yeah, what would they yeah. search to find it? Uh, Agnes. I think there is a live video. Think, oh gosh. Um, yeah, a live video at Club Hollywood. Okay. Yeah, it might have been that a Data Remember show. It was one of them that was pretty big. Devil Wears Prada played one. Wow. It might have been that show. Um, actually, a, a guy that I ended up playing music with named Matt. He was in a band at the time as well called Roslyn, and they played that show with us. It was us, Roslyn, Delores Prada, uh, someone else. I have no idea. So you guys you guys really had a moment in the limelight. Well, like I said, Metalcore was really popular at the time. True. And we had a pretty awesome uh, booker here named Nick Mitchum, and he booked a lot of these bands. He was really close with the Data Remember, and he got a lot of really up-and-coming large bands uh, to play here. So we were kind of lucky just the time, you know, there's a, Augusta had a really good music scene. Mm-hmm. So, so you've done all this. What, what year is it that you guys stopped touring? Well, we only did two decent tours after that tour. That was kind of it. We, <laughs> um, we had a member that, you know, it was, it was hard. It was hard to deal with mm-hmm. uh, everything. And he, you know, he kind of guided us into doing something else. So we broke up the band and we started a new band, all the same members. <laughs> and that was called shark fight. And it was more, it was more hardcore. It was more like kind of thrashy, hardcore, mm-hmm. not like thrash metal, but just, Oh man, I'm trying to think of how to even describe it. It didn't last too long, maybe a few years. Was it during the screaming time? I mean, was it screamo a little bit? Uh, Sounds more aggressive. Screamo is, a, is an interesting term. Uh, True. It it evolved over the years. So Screamo originally was like really abrasive and fast. Um, and then it became kind of like that Silverstein sound, the metalcore sound. It kind of, uh, it was more of a yelling vocal style that we used. In okay. A little more, you could hear, you can understand a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like melodic hardcore is what we were. Okay. okay. Less metal, um, less poppy. So I, I liked it looking back on it. I thought we had some pretty cool songs and we, we played a lot out of town as that band. I think we played Augusta one time Okay, as that band. We like to hit Myrtle beach and Charleston. And uh, I think we played Charlotte a few times. You know, that was it. This is cool to kind of find out. We were, we were definitely uh, expecting a lot of conversation about records yeah. and business. And it's very cool to hear this other side of you. So, but with that being said, 
you know, where does this transition point happen where you stop being a practitioner as much and start kind of going towards the collector, um, the collector level? So, all right, let's, let's end shark fight. That, okay. <laughs> that, that ended, we moved out from that house that we were all living in and we weren't a band for a couple years. Well, me and a lot of the guys I went to high school with decided to start another band mm-hmm. and we started writing songs and try to figure out a name. It took us forever. Ended up naming it Dead End Sons. And the name of that was kind of, I'm trying to think of how we came up with it. But it was basically the idea was we didn't want to be, we didn't want to do a dead end, have a dead end job to make ends meet and pay bills and just be, you know, it's like the American dream or whatever, where you mm-hmm. write the American dream in right. quotations, where yeah. really all you're doing is slaving away for some corporation. Right. We didn't yeah. want to do that. And that was kind of the name behind, you know, Mm -hmm. the idea behind the name. Right. Dead End Sons. We're not Dead End Sons. Um, Sorry, we're not trying to diss our fathers who (laughs) did what they had to do, but, you know, we wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. So we start that band. We played a lot locally. We played a little bit out of town. Um, I was kind of, I guess, the manager throughout the whole, all the bands. I, I kind of try to do a lot of the managerial things, although it was a, a collective, so it was all of our ideas and thoughts and, um, you know, as a co-op. Mm-hmm, but right. I did a lot of the managing. So I was still working at Miyabi's. I worked there from 2006 to 2016. Wow. Wow. I think near the end of Dead on Sons, I was I was already collecting records for a year or two before, and I was I had the idea to open a record store because we don't have anything in Augusta. You'd have to go out of town, yeah, get records in uh, Atlanta, Columbia, and we had Psychotronic open here, which I thought was really awesome. It was all used and all older stuff, which was cool. It helped me get into it more, and I, I got a little bit more into classic rock and weird. I really got into Frank Zappa because of him mm-hmm. and jazz. Um, not that he's a big jazz fan, Michael, um, over at Psychotronic, but... He knows a, a lot about music. So I would go in there and just ask him things and buy random things. And I really wanted to carry new stuff, new artists, new releases, participate in a day called Record Store Day, which, again, you have to go out of town to to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I started getting the idea to open and just researched. And, yeah, would would stay awake till 4 a.m. just reading stuff online. Right. About it's it's no easy task. We know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Would you like buy them and resell them before you started the record store? Kind of like get your feet wet? Exactly. So I bought collections, used collections from people, and I used a website called Discogs. And I've heard of that website. Yeah, I use I use that website. I don't think I would have been able to open if it weren't for that website. Really? Because there's so much information. It's not just a buying and selling platform. It's also tons of information. People c- can leave comments about the release. You, you can learn mm-hmm. so much. Um, so I used that and I would sell and it would kind of fund the next batch of records that I would buy. And I think I did that for a couple of years before I decided to, um, yeah, open a business. Open up shop. You are listening to the Drop the Disc podcast recorded at Augusta Podcast Studio. And today we're talking a lot about the music and art scene in Augusta. Well, we have a partner who's really embedded in that scene as well, and it may not be what you expect me to say, and it's Zach McCabe from At All Equal Parts, the Instagram page where he teaches you how to make cool cocktails that you can make from home. 
Well, he's helped open multiple bars in Augusta, including Edgar's Bub Broad and Pineapple Inc., and now he's taken his talents to Le Chat Noir, the black box theater located right in downtown Augusta, to help them open Hydropaths. Hydropaths is a really cool bar location. I've been to it. They have tons of custom specialty drinks that Zach makes for us on the show, and they do classes for him as well. If you want to check that out, they're located on 8th Street, and of course, you can always follow his page to learn about cocktail making at all equal parts. So when mm-hmm. did you, what what year did you decide to open up shop? Well, uh, I decided probably back in 2015. I was working at Miyavi's. I'd, I'd quit there once or twice and went back. <laughs> the last time I went back, I knew this is what I wanted to do. So I worked there, saved up, and quit in 2016 after I had signed the lease on Central. Mm-hmm. So I think I signed the lease back in, God, when was it March of 2016? Okay. Yeah. And then I quit Miyavi's at maybe right around the same time. And I saved up a, a measly $5,000. And that's what I used. I, I depleted my account by the time... We had a grand opening. Yeah, I, I believe that. I had 83 cents in my account. I was like, all right. <laughs> Here we go. That cool. sounds terrible. American dream. <laughs> yeah, I had I had no loans. Uh, I knew next to nothing as far as running a business went. I knew enough, you know, obviously to right. to get it going. But as far as all the, I don't know, legal did, stuff, I was, I was Did you bad. open it by yourself, basically? Yes, I did. Wow. Yeah. I had Man. the help. You know, my family kind of helped. Right. My younger, bro- my younger brother, Parker, helped a lot as well. He went on a few collections with me. So <laughs> so you opened on Central? Talk on about Central. that location. So it was like a five to 600 square foot space. Um, it was, you know, not in the best part of town as far as foot traffic goes, but it was, I thought it was pretty, pretty good spot for the price. And um, there was a coffee shop down the street that, that's still there, Buona Cafe. Mm-hmm. And I lived right on the, around the corner as well. And rent was, was reasonable. I think they were asking 750 something like that. And I talked them down to 500 and they went for it. It's always nice when you can talk them down. Yeah. I was, I was a little <laughs> surprised, but I, you know, I think I said I would sign a two year lease if they would do that. And at the time that, that row of uh, spaces just was, there's nothing going on. So I right. think they're excited to run it out. So after I opened a couple other businesses open as well, right next to me. And and you said that your kind of specialty, your focus was new music. Right. It, what goes into that? I mean, how do you, you know, obviously you're using Discogs to find out what's coming out and when, but what all else goes into that for you? Well, for new music, actually Discogs um, wasn't great for finding out what's coming out, Okay, especially at the time. Um, I linked up with a couple of different distributors and they were able, you know, they you can order different, Mm-hmm. Uh, releases from them. So one of the first ones I got was an independent distributor, and I found out about them because I wanted to carry one of, uh, a certain label. And the label, when I emailed them, told me to contact this di- distribution because that's who does their distribution in, mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. They were a British label. So just re- acquiring, you know, distros, like getting getting uh, yeah accounts with different distros. And like understanding what people are going to buy. Oh my god! I mean, it's that's still a big part of it. It's, it's still a nightmare. Yeah, that's ever changing. I mean, we we understand our customers, but there's always new bands. There's you know, there's right. a new band called Wet Leg, a younger punk band, punk rock band, and they've just blown up. And I, I had no idea about them. 
and literally my my sales rep was like, hey, you should maybe check into this and buy a few. I was like, okay. <laughs> and yeah, I so see it all over the internet. Tell us about your customers. Are, are your customers the kind of people that buy records because they have record players or do they buy your records to collect them? I'd say most of them have record players. Okay. There might only be a few that don't. And they, I would imagine they have the intentions of, of getting one. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, of course, with any collectors, there's going to be those that keep things sealed and mint and mm-hmm. don't touch it and collect it. Um, but most people open it and enjoy it and listen to it. I know yeah. David likes records and whatnot, but tell me why I would rather have a record versus a CD. Do you buy CDs? I haven't bought CDs in a long time. I used to buy them <laughs> all the time from uh, from Best Buy, but I now stream them. So stre- streaming, yeah, streaming is a is is just awesome, right? It's right. so convenient, right? If you are a collector and you like owning your music, I guess having physical media is just something that's great. If you really love a certain artist or a certain band, you're not only supporting the band and the label, you're also supporting local local business, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, streaming doesn't pay the artist as well. And obviously right. we get nothing off of it. It's, it's not a physical format. Mm. So it doesn't really help as well. And, you know, labels and the streaming companies make a ton of money off this, but the artists see very little. Yeah. So. For me, I think about it too. Like if I was to ever, for whatever reason, like not have internet, I'd still want to be able to listen to music. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the reason, I mean, not that that's the only reason, but I feel like that's something too. like, you just want to be able to not have to worry if you really like, I think I've got like in the neighborhood of 10 records, like right. you've got some variety that you can put on. And I don't know anything about this. Maybe you do, but I hear a lot about the quality of, of record of music on a record. Right. So you know, with any format, right? Like if you're streaming, if you're listening to it off off your phone, it's going to sound like crap. Like the, the speakers coming out of your phone are not going to sound good. It's the same as records, CDs, whatever you're using. If you're using a lower and cheap player speakers, it's, it's not going to sound that great. So mm-hmm. you have to take that in consideration with playback, mm-hmm. right? The quality of the playback. Mm-hmm. If you have a pretty decent setup, you know, it doesn't have to be too expensive, three to $500, you'll have an, an awesome sounding setup. Um, records, I think, can, can sound a lot better. It's it's debatable. People are always going to debate for whatever <laughs> they like, right? And and I don't really want to get into that much because it's it's preference. It right? is what it is, yeah. It it is. Is. It's like saying tacos are better than pizza. Like, well, it's, it's just preference. <laughs> um, I like records because it's a big format. Like, you can see the art really big. Um, it It's actually... I think a lot more durable than CDs because if you scratch a CD, especially if it's on like the top part, um, it's going to skip and there's nothing you can do to fix that. A record, if you scratch it, it might not skip. It might if it's really bad. Um, and if you clean it, you might be able to get the skip out. But, you know, it's it's harder to damage, I feel like, a record. Now, you have to be careful, right? right. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to Drop the Diss with Evan Gransky. I want to tell you a little bit about our friend of the show, Dr. Millhouse, owner and founder of Augusta Hemp Company. Dr. Millhouse is a pioneer in cannabis research and development and has helped hundreds across Georgia get the specific formulas they need. If you've got questions regarding the research of how cannabis can possibly help with coronavirus, 
get on over to AugustaHempCompany.com today. Dr. Milhouse and his staff are HIPAA certified and compliant and would love, and I'm telling you, they would love to help you find the perfect formula to suit your needs. From CBD to THC, they've got you covered in the AUG, AugustaHempCompany.com. So how long were you in the location on Central? I was there for, I had a lease of five years total, um, but I was already moving out halfway through, what was that? So like end of 2020 almost? Yeah, 2020, I had signed my lease on Broad Street, and, and that was the pandemic, right? Yeah. Uh, July, I signed my lease, and they needed to do some work on it for me to move in, and they didn't finish until like November. So I rushed, and we were really busy on Central at the time. From July to December, we were slammed. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And uh, I hired my brother on, my older brother, Brandon, because he got laid off from his job. Uh, hired him on because I was like, hey, we're getting really busy. I'm thinking about moving. And I did. So we signed the lease. He was working the shop a lot on Central while I was getting the shop on Broad Street ready. And yeah, kind of just, we rushed it, right? Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, threw everything together, and grand opening was January 1st, 2021. And how big is this new space? You said the old one was 500? Yeah. yeah, five to 600, and this new one is um, right about 2,000 square feet. Wow. So like four yeah. times as big, basically. Yeah, and we actually have the space next to us as well which is another 900 square feet. Oh, wow. And that's for online inventory as mm. well as a practice space for local band Crypt and a little hangout spot. We have a TV and a couch, but it's, nice. it's shelving like library style shelving halfway through and it's all online inventory. Okay. So you have, I mean, you've been open for about six years. This will be your sixth year, if that's right. Yeah, six years, June 18th. Congratulations in thank advance. You. We're almost there. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Um. You know, you've already quadrupled your space in five years. You're downtown on Broad Street now, which is a great location because it kind of, I think, adds to that cultural element of downtown. But I got to ask you now, like, do you know what's next? So, well, I hope to keep on keeping on. Not that we don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, Gransky's is, is going to continue to be a thing. But is, is there any more development that you might have planned? Um. Yeah, and it's something we've been getting asked for a ton because we've entertained it and we've obviously been working on it. Uh, we have a stage in the back, and we're planning on having live music. But <laughs> it's a record store first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to have live music all the time. Mm -hmm. It's more of a specialty, more mm. of a special occasion. So right. like listening parties or something like that? Maybe so. Like for local bands, I want to do like an artist spotlight. So maybe quarterly have an artist spotlight where we have similar sounding, you know, fairly similar sounding bands. Mm -hmm. If you're a metal band, you know, we might throw you in with other metal styles locally. Mm -hmm. And yeah, rock, whatever, whatever it is, we'll have an artist spotlight. Any other shows might be um, maybe a bigger artist that's coming in to support an album or, you know, do a quick in-store performance before their Miller gig or Imperial or wherever yeah. they're playing. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool idea right there. I mean, you have, I think of, the book tavern, they bring in the author to read their books. Right. And then they have it there. Y'all have albums, right? Records where y'all could showcase a new band coming through town. Right. I mean, that's that's 
a really good idea. And yeah. of course, we'll have you know local supporting acts for a lot of those too. But mm-hmm. you know, maybe only a couple a month is is what I'm looking at. And I want to do it. I want to do it well. I want to have good sound, good lighting, good atmosphere, and for people to really appreciate the space and not mess up the records. Yeah, right. no kidding. Of I don't course. think they will, especially if I don't do it daily. If I do it daily, I think things are going to start getting messed up. And I, I care greatly about the product that we have, you know, in the space. Yeah. Um, so I, the shows I'm excited for, I want to do live recording for that as well. as Nice. Uh, recording and video as well, hopefully. So just make it a really neat space. I agree. Do you have a timeline in mind? Uh, no. <laughs> no, okay. But the idea is there. The idea is there. The stage is built. I have microphones. Um, I have a, a mixer. I just need P, uh, more PA speakers and cables and a couple more mics and lights. So so you're just kind of building it up over time. Yeah. And then eventually it'll be there. I've thought about doing a GoFundMe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I've never done one. I've, I don't, I, you know, it's hard to ask for money. But I know that people are really excited for it, so I don't, I'm not against it. Well, if you're on a platform right now, if if there's anybody that's out there listening to this and they're interested in supporting it, how can they get in touch with you? Mm, come talk to me in person, email me, something. I don't What's know. the best email? Grantskyrecords at Gmail. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. We, we've kind of talked about really all this development, and, and we just hit on that you're going to be turning six years old in June. Um and and I I got to actually experience the um, the cool event that you guys did for Small Business Saturday. Yeah. So is there anything like that 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 might be coming up for you guys? Uh, we have Record Store Day Drop Two and our six year anniversary sale is June eighteenth Saturday. Are those the same thing? It's it falls on the same day. So okay. our our anniversary is June eighteenth, and it just so happens that they're doing the Drop Two of Record Store Day that same day. What is that? So Record Store Day is a worldwide independent record store holiday, right? So you have to be an independently owned record store and you have to sign like a agreement that you're not going to price gouge or have any unfair right. uh, advantage holding for people or pre-sale records. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically artists and labels put out limited edition exclusive vinyl to the participating stores just for that day. Wow. So we had one back in uh, when was it? April, and there was a Taylor Swift release. Oh, man. Which Why is, were we not there, Chris? <laughs> man. <laughs> it was a seven-inch uh, limited to like 10,000, maybe 20,000. I think it was 10,000 in the States and 10,000 in Europe. How many do you get of something like that? So... Like 10? We Yeah, actually, we got 12. <laughs> That's wow. crazy. Um, we put in an order for maybe 15 or 20. So I think we, we got fulfilled really, you know, greatly, I think, on how many we ordered. A lot of stores got seven, five, none. We got really wow. lucky. And it was still, I mean, we could have sold probably 30 that day just for people locally, not to mention all the people that have called, emailed. Yeah, no kidding. Instagram. Could have mm-hmm. gone door to door and sold 100. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had people lined up at 2 a.m., starting at 2 a.m. That's crazy. And we opened at 9.30. And we didn't finish our line until, like, noon. Wow. There's a line wrapped around, like, Mellow Mushroom. Wow. the block, yeah. That's incredible. I wish, do you have any pictures from that? You know, I didn't take any pictures from that. So in June, you'll take some pictures. (laughs) We got to get those. Although I don't think it's going to be as busy 
the list isn't as large. The one okay. in April was like 300 releases. This one's probably 100. Okay. So just by, you know, there's not going to be as many people looking for. Right. There's no Taylor Swift release. Sorry. Oh. Guys. <laughs> it's all good. Well, what what can we look forward to? What kind of, do you, can you give us a sneak peek? Yeah, there's a there's actually a list on recordstoreday.com. And I, I can't, there's a um, vaudeville villain. Is it Victor Vaughn? Is that what it's called? It's an MF Doom release. Okay. And we're excited about that, and we know that there's a few other people, but I can't remember much else that's on the on the list. But recordstoreday.com, you can see the list. Yes, you can. I'm, I'm just pulling the list up. If I see any highlights, I'm going to randomly burst in with them. I'm not sure if they, what they did is with this two dates is they didn't uh, separate them. Ah, so you have to click on the item and then it'll tell you the date, which, Got is, it. which is a little annoying. I don't Got know if it. they've updated it, but we had a lot of people coming in April for certain items that aren't coming out until June. Got it. Very cool. So we are going to wrap this up. I, we appreciate you making this to this uh, episode um, on Drop the Diss. And yeah, and this is like this, way more this than is, we thought it my was. Mind is I mean, blown this right is now. really cool. This is a really, it's cool, really conversation. cool to hear the story. Yes, yeah, thank absolutely. You. Make thank sure you after you uh, listen to this episode, go check them out. Grant Seas Records. Um, we like to drop the diss here. And your story right here is an inspiration to all of us in Augusta that really anything's possible here. Um, if someone were to walk up to you and diss this city, what would you say to them? The Drop the Disc question is presented by Trainer Gray Media. Here at Trainer Gray Media, we are a full-service, award-winning marketing agency specializing in video production based right here in Augusta. We have experience at both the local and national level, partnering with businesses to bring their message to the forefront. Whether you need video, graphic design, digital or traditional advertising, web work, or creative services, we exist to help you tell your story. Um, well, take the time to look around and look at upcoming events if that's your thing. Go outside and ride your bike if that's your kind of thing. I think we have a beautiful uh, environment around here. I love the canal trail. Um, I think we have beautiful parks. So if you're an outdoors person, I think that's awesome. Um, if you complain about things, you know, things that there's not enough things to do, then mm. get off your ass and do it yourself. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I agree. Like you did. Yeah. There wasn't but, a record player. I, su I suppose so. Yeah. yeah record store. Yeah. Oh, and here's, here's some, uh, here's some highlights of the limited edition stuff. And I'm checking these dates and they all say June. So if I'm a liar, come get me. But I think I'm right. We got, I see Barry White. I see a Nicki Minaj. I see, uh, I think there's a Prince release. I saw a Prince release. That's a hundred percent. That's going to be really cool. I saw, um, uh, What's his name? Paul McCartney. Um, so there's some pretty cool stuff. Uh, Pearl Jam. There's some pretty cool stuff from lots of different generations coming yeah, out. Yeah, and that's how it is every year. And it really, honestly, Record Store Day is one of the, I think, one of the main reasons record stores have come back and records have come back. Mm -hmm. Because when, when they started, records were pretty low, like record sales were low. Mm. And I think last year they said records outsold CDs. Records are kind of hot right now. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I know I got a record player last year and I've been stocking up. Yeah. You definitely can't find them at Hot Topic though. No. <laughs> Damn. Evan, thank you so much for coming yes. on, man. This was great. Yeah. Thank you so much. And Absolutely. congratulations. Thank yes. you. Thank you guys. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Drop the Disc podcast. We'll be back next week with a Augusta Rocks episode with Forrest O'Quinn. So we're really looking forward to that. You guys enjoy your Memorial Day. Have a very safe week and we'll see you soon. Thanks.